Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. So if you guys are anything like me and you struggle with allergies, raise your hand because I am right there with you. I get super itchy throat, itchy ears, and I sneeze like a crazy woman. And it really does prevent me from wanting to take my daily walks with my husband. But luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieves your allergy symptoms and decongests your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes and an itchy nose and sinus congestion and pressure with an ease, which is a exactly what I need. So I have been using them anytime that I have allergies, which has been many, many times. I have found that it has definitely helped me so much where I can go outside again and enjoy my day. So if you guys are ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it is time to live Claritin Clear. It is fast and powerful. Relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hello, guys, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. Um, So excited to have you guys here for another episode. Um, I'm actually currently traveling right now. I'm actually in Minneapolis right now, and I'm actually here for, why do I keep saying the word actually? How about we don't do that, Janine? (laughs) But uh, I'm actually here, oh my God, (laughs) I cannot, I'm so sorry. Today I think I'm in a goofy mood, but I'm here for a discussion and a conversation all about racism. I came with this program called the Emerging Leaders or the Leader Check-In. Uh, where a bunch of Christian influencers come and we discuss racism and justice. And we're in the heart of where this all went down, where George Floyd was murdered. And so it's a really um, heavy time being here. Um, And obviously this is going to be going up after that happens. And, um, you know, if you guys watch my blog channel, you guys will see this whole process. And if you follow my Instagram, you'll see the whole process of this as well. But it's definitely very, very um, heavy being here for sure. And, um, if you are one of my followers that is black or you're mixed or whatever it is, I just want to say you are so seen, you are so loved, you are valuable, your life matters, you matter. Um, yes, everyone matters, but you know, we are attentively trying to care about black lives right now. So I just wanted to say to any one of my followers that are black, that has ever, that has ever felt invalidated or unseen or belittled or less than or anything because of your skin color. I just wanted to say, um, you are so, so valuable. You are a child of God and God sees you. I see you. I care about you. You are not less than in any shape or form. And you are beautiful regardless of your skin color. So I just wanted just to say that because, you know, I'm here and it's heavy being here for sure. And I'm just excited to have this conversation about racism here. But um, I want to just get into into today's topic. Um, Today's topic is just going to be like, how do we handle when things don't go as planned? How do we handle when life throws us a curveball? How do we handle when 
We had all these expectations and they just get shattered. If you thought you were going to be married by now, you thought that you were going to have that job. You thought you were going to have that house. You thought you were going to move. You thought everything was going to be different than it was. And life had a turn for you. How do you handle that? So I wanted just to talk about that with you guys today. Also, before I start, I also did want to give a shout out because I got a monthly supporter. Her name is Laura Hartman, and she is donating to me every single month. You guys can do that if you go to my um, anchor page, and there should be a button underneath every single podcast to donate to this page or to my podcast to keep me doing this. I mean, I would still do it regardless, but if you guys want to support this, if you love my podcast, then please feel you know feel free to um, donate. I don't make any money off my podcast, and so I'm just doing this because I enjoy it, because I love to help you guys out. So if that is something you feel inclined to do, whatever the amount is, feel free. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Laura Hartman for donating. Thank you so, so much. All right, you guys, let's just go ahead and get into today's episode. So um, I wanted to talk about this, and this is just going to be a a little solo episode because I've been doing um, a lot of episodes with guests and I want to just, you know, bring it back and make sure that I'm checking in with you guys. Um, So I want to talk about this just because 2020 has been a year of disappointments. Like, let's just be honest. It's also been a year of amazing growth and learning things and God showing so many things to us. And I mean, really, this season was so needed. It was such a stripping season. It was a season that I really think God used to rise up the church and to unite people and to show people what really matters at the end of the day, what really matters. And when everything is taken away from you, your church, your gym, your community, your traveling, literally everything, is God enough for you? Is he alone enough for you? So many things that 2020 taught me. However, you know, this was, this was a year of disappointment for sure. I mean, Jobs were lost. People's lives were lost. Um, I mean, all these expectations, people's weddings got canceled. I mean, so many things I could just list, like, you know, name what that is for you. For me, you know, my, my life was definitely changed. I mean, I, I don't want to say I'm like, you know, I had the hardest of, of the hardest because I still had a job and I was still working and I was very thankful for that. But of course, like, you know, for me, I, I thought I was going to move. I thought I would probably be, be dating someone by now. I thought I, you know, would have gone on these international trips I had planned for work. I mean, you know, everyone's disappointments are different. doesn't mean that just because I felt that way that, you know, someone else's are less than or greater than. However, you know, yes, there's a scale and a ratio to the severity of the loss in our lives. Um, but that doesn't mean that mine are still invalidated. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, like I had all these expectations. I thought I was going to be moving. I thought I was going to be getting a roommate in May. I thought I was going to be going on all these trips. I thought I was going to be dating someone by now. I mean, all these things. Right. And, you know, we're here in October and I'm still single. I still live alone. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I don't know, you know, if I want to stay in LA, if I want to go back to Dallas, Um, you know, all the trips I had planned, they didn't happen, which is totally fine. I mean, like, honestly, that's traveling is a privilege It a hundred percent is. So I I don't want to be like, oh my gosh, like I didn't get to travel, but like there's, there's certain things in our lives that we expect are going to happen. And when they don't, of course, you're going to be left with this, you know, sheer disappointment. Right. 
And a lot of the times people come to me and they're like, I thought I was going to get that job and it didn't happen. I, I thought I was going to be married or that marriage ended or something happened to you where you're just disappointed. You're disappointed. You're like, why did God do this to me? You know, why do bad things happen to me? <laughs> why do bad things happen to good people? Right. This is why we can't have nice things. Not really, but you know what I mean? It's like, you can't help but think that this is God punishing you. You're like, oh man, like it must've been something I did. It must've been like a sin. It must've been, you know, some, some thought I had, but we have to remember like, God is not a punisher. He loves to bless his children. He loves to, he delights in blessing us and loving us and, um, and saving us and forgiving us and to being merciful to us. And so, yeah, like there's going to be things that happen in our life that just suck. And, and that's the hard thing is like, that is just life. But what I always try to remember is that the low points of life are what make you cherish the high points of life. The lowest of lows are where you realize, oh my gosh, like this sucked, <laughs> right? And then you get the good thing and then you're like, whoa, this is amazing because you have something to compare it to, right? If we just only ever had good, 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 I think we would start taking things for granted. We wouldn't cherish things. We wouldn't really celebrate things. Everything would just be kind of like, oh, whatever, just another day in my life, right? The lowest of lows are always meant to grow you, to shape you. Every single season in our life is meant for something. Every single season is meant for a reason. And we have the choice to use every single season, the disappointments, the goods, the bads, the sadness, the pain. We have the choice to let it make us, you know, bitter, or do we want to let it make us better? Do we want to let it fuel us or do we want to let it, you know, fire us in, in, a, in a, I don't even know. I don't know where I was going with that one. I, I tried to make a funny little slang or a little quote, but I'm not a freaking poet. Okay. But do you, do you want to let it to fuel you or do you want to let it just constantly bring you back down where you're just like simmering on it all the time and sulking and you're just thinking and letting it marinate in your mind over and over and over and over and over. You know, at some point you, you have to pick yourself up and say, okay, I am coming to terms with the fact that that happened. I'm going to validate that that happened. That's okay. That happened. You know, that relationship, it ended for me, that relationship ended and when it ended, it freaking sucked. It really, really, really hurt me. But then you look back and you're like, oh, that is why God did that. That's why I, I can see now why he did that. He always has a plan and a purpose. And if he doesn't answer, then that means it's not right now or it's no. And so we have to be okay with that. And yeah, you can keep praying and you can keep praying for it. But if it doesn't happen, you just have to trust that God's doing something. You have to trust that. That's the hardest part is I think having that full trust and faith with the Lord, but it is so crucial because I think if you fully, fully want to serve God, and if you fully, fully want to walk out your, your walk with him, you know, we have to have that trust where it's like, no matter what path, say you're at a standstill, you're at a crossroads and you're like, I don't know where to go. Like, Clear to the left didn't work for me. Clear to the right didn't work for me. Should I just go straight? Should I keep looking back? Should I, should I go turn around? Like, what should I do, right? But you have to just follow wherever that piece is, wherever the piece is. 
And as long as you are abiding and seeking him, because again, in Jeremiah 29, 11, this is the one of the most taken out of context verses. I mean, eh, not the most, but it is a taken out of context verse because it's like, it's just all about, oh, the Lord wants to prosper you. The Lord wants to bless you. The Lord wants to just give you everything good. Right. And, and he does, let's not, let's not say that he doesn't. However, if you go to the next verse, I'll read it to you guys. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Okay, guys, verse 12 is very, very vital. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Verse 14. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. So we have to remember, you guys, in all the disappointments, if we are seeking him, it's not just about, you know, oh, give, God, give me whatever I want. Give me whatever I want. And when he doesn't, then you're, you're, you know, your disappointment comes and you're just like, oh, like God is a bad God. And why wouldn't he give me that? And why would it? But we have to remember that as we're living this life, our purpose is to seek him to know him, to have intimacy with him, to have a relationship with him. It's not that he's a vending machine. It's not that he is Santa Claus. We don't just go to God whenever we just want something. That's not fair. Um, so you can't just be like, oh, God, bless me, bless me, bless me. But you have to remember that in the next verse, it says that when you call on him, he will come to you. When you pray to him, I will listen to you. That requires action, you guys. That requires doing. That requires putting effort. That requires seeking, having a relationship. It's a two-way street. Just with any other relationship or friendship, it's not just like, bless me, give me things, call me first only, you validate me only, you only give me things. Like That's a really shallow one-sided friendship. A friendship should always be double-sided where it's give and take, it's mutual, it's you guys love each other, you help each other, you want to serve each other. And with God, it's like the same thing. Like you can't just come to him and only expect things from him. And when you don't get it, get disappointed. And that's where we have to have the right expectations of being okay with anything in your life. If you really want to serve the Lord, then you want to have your hands completely open with anything. God, if you don't want me to live in the city, I will move from the city. If you want this relationship to end, I will end it. If you want me to leave that job, I will leave that job. That's just how we should live our lives because that way you're not really that disappointed. I feel like when you come with the expectations already of just like, all right, whatever happens, if, if God's hand is in it and I feel that peace and I have that confirmation, I had people around me being like, I think that's the Lord, or I think that's you know what you should do, then you're going to be okay more than other people that, that don't know the Lord. You're going to be okay when things don't go your way because you're going to be like, oh, well, first of all, this life is not about me. It's about others and serving the Lord. And I mean, yes, obviously it's still about us, but it's not really only about us. And then also when you come from the expectations of just like, okay, um, if God took this away, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And this is what I would say to myself. I'm like, if God is really a good God, which he is, I, I fully firmly trust. Like you have to have that trust. You guys have to. And if I firmly trust that he is a good God and if he took it away, then I'm like, I trust that he's a good God. He took it away for a reason. And so when God took away my relationship last year, 
Oh my gosh. At the time, you guys, I could not see it. I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I could not see any benefit in it. I could not, I could not, but I've been over a year out of it and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I see it. I see it now. And I just trust that, you know, in that moment of sadness and disappointment and, and that heartbreak, I remember just going to the Lord and being like, God, as much as I want this relationship to work, if you don't want it to work, then don't make it work. And even though I put everything in my power, you know, him and I tried to work things out or whatever, it never worked. And to me, that's a sign that I'm like, okay, God did not want that for me. And so when you have that disappointment, when things are ripped away from you, you know, you have to be surrendered. That's like the biggest thing is having your white flag up, your white flag of surrender and say, God, I, I, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to trust that you have this taken care of. And I'm going to trust that you're a good God, regardless, as hard as it's going to be. That doesn't mean that you can't grieve. That can't, that doesn't mean that you can't be sad. That doesn't mean that you can't feel the feelings. I don't want to invalidate you, but at some point you'll get down the road and you'll be like, Oh, I see why he took that away. And so when the disappointment comes, I know it's hard. I validate that for sure. But when you are seeking him, just like Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 12 says, Like when you're seeking him, when you're calling upon him, when you're praying to him, it says that he will listen. And then when you're seeking him, you guys, it says you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. In all your decisions, you have to do that. You have to seek him and pray for that peace. So, so for me, like I just went back to Dallas to go house hunting and um, y'all, I was so close to making an offer on a house. I was like, all right, like I'm going to do it. But I just felt so disturbed. I, my, I did not have peace about it. I felt rushed into it. And I don't ever want to make a decision where I'm rushed into it. And yeah, I was kind of disappointed, to be honest, because I was like, dang it, like, I really wanted that house. Like, I was ready for that. I was ready. And I came back to LA. And I was honestly sad. Like, I was sad. I was disappointed. And I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. Like, I just had all these mixed emotions. But when I sought the Lord, and when I said, God, like, what do you want me to do? I instantly just had this like peace over me where I knew it, I wasn't supposed to sign that contract. And I knew that like, I just need to give it more time, give it more patience and just keep seeking him. And I believe he's going to show me. I really, really do. So at first I was a little disappointed. I was like, dang it. Like I missed out on a really great house. Like it was an awesome deal. And I, and I was like, ah, dang it. So I missed out on that, but that's okay. Because if God didn't want me to have that, and then I have to know that there's something better there for me. There, I have to just trust that there's something better, right? So in the midst of the disappointment, you want to obviously have those people around you to, to help you process that, to help encourage you, to help champion you, to be there, to be like, yeah, sis, like that was hard. You're absolutely right. But like, we're going to get through this together. Absolutely. Like we're going to get through this together. And so when you're going through that, like, I want you to process that with people, like having people to bounce ideas off of and to, you know, discern with and decide and and to just have someone to empathize with you, I think is so important in any decision you're making. So just have that for yourself, because if you can, because I think it's so, so vital when you're going through a season of disappointment and sadness, where you're just in the wilderness, and you're like, God, where freaking are you? Where are you? But you have to remember that even Jesus, let me read some verses to you guys really quickly. Even Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, went through every single 
temptation and trial that we can imagine. 40 days, 40 nights. He was in the wilderness. Some of us right now, we're in that wilderness where we're just like, what the heck are you doing, God? Like, this is not fair. Like, COVID has just been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, right? But this is all to sharpen us. The Bible never promised that we would have a perfect life. He never did. It says in the Bible that we will go through trials and tribulations, but it is all meant to just grow us. It's all meant to shape us, right? So we have to just shift our mindset into saying, okay, I'm going to let this grow me, draw me near to the Lord and not further away from the Lord. Because that's what it's all meant to do. It's meant to push you towards the creator and not away from the creator. Satan wants you to look at that disappointment or that, um, that, that upsetment and be like, God did this to me. It's because God hates me or he's mad at me or I did something wrong. Satan wants you to have that situation to, to make you look at God like he's a bad God. When really, what does Satan come to do? In John 10, 10, it says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So when you're seeking God, it's like he comes to give you that life and life abundantly. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. It says in the Bible, he wants to give you the desires of your heart. He knows that desire for marriage. He knows that desire for a job. He knows that desire for a child, whatever it is for you. He knows that desires and he wants to bless you with that. But you just have to keep seeking him, right? So Jesus is in this wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And he's in the wilderness to to hear his father, to seek his father. But he's alone. He is alone. And because he's so alone in this wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, who comes to try and derail his plan? Who comes to try and speak lies? To, to derail him from his purpose and his calling. Who comes to do that? Satan. Satan comes and is like, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. Show yourself to everybody that you really are the son of God. He comes for his identity, right? And so Satan is just trying to speak these lies, to tell him that like, you know, he's not good enough or just to come in and mess with his head. And maybe that's what Satan's doing to you right now in this season. He's messing with you and you're allowing it. You're allowing the lies to seep into you. You're believing them. Honestly, maybe you don't even know you're believing the lie. Maybe you don't. And that's where the community is going to come in, where you need the community to look and be like, yo, Jay, like, for example, I've had friends who be like, that's a freaking lie. Like, why are, why are you believing that? Like, who told you that? Who told you you were ugly? Who told you you're not good enough? Who told you your platform sucks? Like whatever the case may be, right? Who told you that? I mean, sure, maybe here and there I've gotten a hate comment or two or whatever, right? But whenever there is mission, there is opposition. So when you have a mission and a calling in your life, there's going to be an opposition. You just got to believe that. Satan wants to derail that mission, especially if you are walking out your calling and your purpose and you are bringing people to the Lord. Oh, he's going to come for you. That's why I feel like I fight so hard with the enemy and I have to strive every day and I have to constantly try to um, deal with the lies that are in my head all the time of I'm not good enough or what I'm doing doesn't matter or whatever, because I know I have a calling and a purpose on my life. I know it. It's been spoken over me since I was a child. I know I have a calling and a purpose in my life. 
and I know the Lord is using me and I want to be used and I'm open to being used. So I'm going to get more opposition, right? So that's what's happening to Jesus in the wilderness. He's getting more opposition. In Hebrews 4, 15, it says, for we do, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are yet. He did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy, find grace to help us in our time of need. So Jesus is our high priest. It's saying here that he is able to empathize with us in every single one of our weaknesses. And maybe you're like, he doesn't get it. Like, how, how, can, he, how can he get it? But he can't because he can empathize with us. It says that right here that he is able to empathize with us in every single one of our weaknesses. He was tempted in every single way that we are. So just to know that to know that we have a father and a creator that that loves to empathize with us, that loves to say, hey, whatever your name is, Sarah, hey, Molly, hey, Lisa, I empathize with you. I get you. I know you're in this season of disappointment. I know you thought that what you were going to have was going to, you would have already had that by now. But just trust me, I have either have something better for you or I want you to keep waiting. And there's also this verse in um, Hebrews, um, Hebrews 7, it says, Hebrews 7, or 6, 19, sorry. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. So when God is your anchor, when Jesus is your anchor in the midst of disappointment, you can have, you know, your boat completely rocking. You're in your boat. There's waves, there's storms, there's all these things around you and it's completely chaotic. And you're like, where are you, Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? But when it says here that you have Jesus as your hope, as an anchor for your soul, your soul and your life and, and everything that you do is firm and secure. So you have to take him on as your anchor. And that was one of the things I remember when, you know, going to the midst of COVID, I mean, we've been in this for a while, like it's been a disaster, right? I've had followers reach out to me and they're like, how do you not have anxiety? Why do you look like you have so much peace still? What is, you know, like they, they're always like, what do you do to have all this peace? And it's because I have God as my anchor in any, excuse me, I should have heard, but I have God as my anchor in any situation, in any situation. So no matter what the disappointment is or the confusion or the anxiety or my life not going as I, as it planned. I'm just like, all right, God, I'm going to stay devoted to you because that is the purpose right now of our season of singleness. If you're single like me, like to be devoted, I mean, regardless of honestly, regardless of whether you're single or not single, like it's to be devoted to God, no matter what. So I'm just going to keep being devoted. And I believe as I seek him, as I pray to him, as I follow him and Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 12, I'm sorry, you guys, I woke up at literally 4am to get this flight. So my brain is like not fully functioning. But when, <laughs> when you're seeking him in any decision you do, like you'll have that peace in the midst of disappointment or chaos or confusion, because it says in Corinthians that God is not an author of confusion, but a God of peace. So seek that peace and find that peace. So no matter what happens in your life, you have the peace that's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And that is what's so beautiful about God is that when you're going through the season of like, yeah, I'm sad or I'm disappointed or I'm, I'm bummed out or why did I not get this? Like, those are so valid. Like, yes, you can feel that. But regardless of that, you still have this peace 
that just surpasses all understanding. And people come to you and they're like, how are you not mad about that? Why does that not bother you? Like, where do you, where do you get that peace? But when God gives you that peace, it is the most beautiful thing because no matter what happens in your life, no matter what situation, no matter what disappointment, no matter what failure, no matter what happens, like it's a season, but you're going to get through it. I promise you, you'll get through it and you'll have the peace throughout all of it, which is so, so beautiful. So I just want to remind you, encourage you, sister, brother, whoever you are listening, like this season of disappointment or, or sadness, um, just let it grow you. Let it, let it um, push you closer to God. Let it teach you something. Let it, um, you know, allow, allow it to reveal things about you and your heart, areas that you need to work on, areas that still maybe have unforgiveness or shame or doubt or sin allow it to grow you. Don't allow it to make you bitter or to harbor anger or to harden your heart. It says that so many times in in Hebrews, it says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not let this situation, this disappointment, this this season of like, what are you doing, God? Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Do not let this harden your heart. Allow it to soften your heart. Allow you to just say, Lord, I, I don't know what's happening, but I will. I will know what's happening because you're going to show me. I'm going to just trust you. I'm going to just, you know, decide to say that you are a good God. And if you're a good God, then you want good things for me. You're a good, good father that wants good things for his children. And I'm going to choose to seek you, to follow you, and and just to pray to you, like it says in Jeremiah 29, 12. Because when we seek him with all of our hearts, we will find him. So I just wanted this to be an encouragement to you guys that first off, you're not alone. Whatever you're going through, whether it's big or it's small, I don't ever want anyone to to invalidate your feelings. Even if it's the smallest little thing, don't ever let anyone invalidate your feelings. Like don't let someone gaslight you, you know, don't let that happen. But maybe you're dealing with something even bigger. Maybe you're going through a divorce. Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe um, you know you were engaged and you had to call it off. Like I don't know what it is for you. I just want to say, like I'm sorry. And life is hard. It is absolutely hard. But don't run life alone. Get people with you. Get people to run the race with you. And just trust him, seek him. I promise you, he's a good God. He wants good things for you. I'm in your corner. I'm here to help. I really hope this encouraged you more um, and that you just remember like he he has good things for you, but also in Proverbs, it says that he disciplines those he loves. He disciplines his children because he loves them. We are all We are all his children. And Discipline and pruning is not fun sometimes. This might be a season of pruning and discipline for you, but it's meant to teach you something. It's meant to grow you. It's meant to push you back towards him. So let it do that. Let it do that. So um, I hope that encouraged you guys. Um, Thank you guys so much just for listening. I'm kind of going through my own little season of just confusion, but I really believe as I just keep seeking God, I'm like, he's going to reveal himself to me. Like I know he's going to, and I'm going to seek I'm going to seek him. I'm going to get the clarity. I'm going to get the peace. And I just believe that's going to happen. So um, don't be discouraged, you guys. Don't be discouraged. Keep your faith. Faith is being able to trust what is unseen. God is not seen, but you still trust him, right? 
So keep trusting him, even in the unseen, in the midst of chaos and confusion, and keep your eyes focused on him. Do not look to the left. Do not look to the right. Do not look to the what ifs and what can be. And looking back, look straight forward. Right when you look straight forward at him, like Peter did when he jumped off the boat in, in the Bible. As soon as Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, that's when he began to sink in the water. Keep your eyes focused and then you can walk with him. Walk on the water. Walk towards him and walk towards your destiny and purpose. So uh, thank you for listening. I really hope this helped you guys out. Um, And yeah. (laughs) So also something really cool about um, Anchor is you guys can actually leave me like voice memo questions. So I believe if you go to my Anchor page, it's just uh, anchor.com or anchorfm.com. Dot, or sorry, anchor.fm slash happy and healthy or anchor.com slash happy and healthy. There's an option where you guys can like leave me voice memos and I can include them in my episode. So if you guys ever want to do that, you want to ask me a question or you want to just send me something, say a thank you or whatever it is, um, feel free to send that over and I'd love to include that into the next episode. Um, again, you can follow me on Instagram. That is Janine Amapola. That will be in the description as well as my happy and healthy podcast Instagram. That's happy and healthy podcast. And, um, yeah, stay tuned just for, you know, the, the vlogs and the content about my week here in Minneapolis, where we're discussing racism and justice. It's going to be an incredible, powerful week. I'm excited to talk about this. I'm excited to just empathize with my black brothers and sisters that are hurting right now. And so, um, I'm excited to be here and share that experience with you guys. So thank you guys so, so much for listening again. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. It helps me out a lot. And I love you guys so, so much. And remember to stay happy and healthy. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye, guys.